guys, it's Leah Buckles. I am the CEO and founder of Prestige Worldwide Medical Consulting. I am a U.S. Army veteran, physician assistant, and former CMP examiner. So today I wanted to come on and discuss uh, a topic that I, I get asked about quite frequently, and that is about diabetes, type 2 diabetes, and its relationship to obstructive sleep apnea. So many of you may be surprised to learn that there is a lot of overlap and there are some um, there's some really good literature out there that I'd like to discuss today that may help you in your pursuit of this type of um, medical connection for VA disability. Um, and I see veterans that are successful with this type of um, medical nexus and service connection quite frequently. So type 2 diabetes, this is I think I have a previous earlier video where I just go over diabetes and VA disability. Um, type 2 diabetes is a medical condition that is usually developed and thought of as adult onset diabetes. Um, you know, it is happening earlier and earlier, but traditionally um, this has been the one that is considered adult onset and then type 1 diabetes has been considered um, juvenile or childhood onset diabetes. There are some differences, but there, there's a lot of overlap in those types. But today we're going to focus on type 2 diabetes, which I think is a little bit more common in um, our veteran population. There are several ways for you to be service connected for type 2 diabetes, um, whether it's direct because you were diagnosed in service, um, whether it is, you know, secondary to another service connected disability, like we're going to discuss today, sleep apnea or um, you know, it could be due to weight gain as an intermediate step for, from a variety of conditions. Um, also, Agent Orange exposure is a big one. We've talked about that before, about how that's one of the presumptive conditions um, for diabetes, type 2 diabetes. Um, this is also a really important condition to discuss, and I don't want to belabor these points, but there are several secondary service-connected disabilities that can be related to diabetes itself. So this is a big one. If you're connected for diabetes, if you develop um, diabetic eye changes or diabetic retinopathy, maybe your um, ophthalmologist thinks that your cataracts are related to diabetes, um, erectile dysfunction, peripheral neuropathy, and all of the extremities, you know, up to any of them, you know, maybe a couple of lower extremity or the upper, or all four, um, chronic kidney disease, um, high blood pressure, there are a lot of things that can be related to diabetes. So getting diabetes service connected, if it's related to your service, can really, um, there, there can just be a string of things that are even connected to that, right? And also it's important to note that diabetes is something that can cause um, a lot of complications later in life. So maybe your diabetes is under control right now, but it can wreak a lot of havoc on your life um, um, as you age, right? So if you believe it's related to your service, it's always important to work with your accredited claims agent or VSO or attorney um, to get that service connected if you're able to. Um, again, I am not, I always put this out, I'm not an accredited claims agent, VSO or an attorney. I am just a medical expert. I review files with veterans. Um, to assist them in their pursuit of VA disability. You know, they, you know, I don't assist them with the administrative side, but often veterans come to me or their attorneys or their claims agents send them to me, um, refer them over so that I can review their files and help them um, with a medical opinion. Now, these types of opinions are never required. Of course, you can always obtain one from your treating provider or from the VA. Um, you know, there are a lot of options out there, but me and uh, the, the other medical experts and I and my company, um, we, you know, spend quite a bit of time doing research and development and looking for um, 
research to back up our opinions because a medical opinion is it's not really great if it's just an opinion not backed up by medical uh scientific evidence right so let's get back to this condition so diabetes um, from a ratings perspective i don't i don't always get into a lot of this but i'll just mention it because i know it's something that veterans like to know about this is easily researchable um Veterans can be rated all the way up to 100% for diabetes, depending on the frequency of medication management and type of medications, whether it's insulin or oral medications, um, you know, their activity modifications, hospitalizations, things like that. Um, they can be 100%, 60%, 40%, 20%, 10%. Um, so there, there are, all, and all that is, like I said, in the code of federal regulation and there's a lot of good attorney websites out there um, that have blogs about this as well so when it comes to diabetes and osa some will say that there is an inverse relationship or there's you know they can both aggravate or cause the other or contribute to it but i want to focus really on how can osa contribute or cause diabetes today so I'm going to pull up some of my literature so that I can kind of give you guys some resources that you can look up at home. And then you can also, you know, perhaps write down some notes from this or bring the research articles or print them and bring them to your treating provider. And they may write a short statement for you and cite some of these pieces of um, literature that can help you. Right. So the first one I want to talk about is um, obstructing sleep apnea and type 2 diabetes interacting epi epidemics. This was published in a chest, it's called chest in 2008. It discusses the relationship and states that OSA is an independent, um, independently associated with alterations in glucose metabolism and places patients at an increased risk of the development of type 2 diabetes and the rising epidemics of obesity OSA and type 2 diabetes are likely to be complex and involve multiple pathways. Um, there's another article that is titled um, Sleep Apnea and Type 2 Diabetes. This was published in the Journal of Diabetes Investigations in 2018. In the article, they state that OSA patients are more likely than non-OSA patients to develop type 2 diabetes, while more than half of type 2 diabetes patients suffer from OSA. And snoring is associated with the development of diabetes and excess of daytime sleepiness appears to modify insulin resistance. So a lot of this is about insulin's response and the resistance patterns related to sleep impairments, okay? Um, let's see, I'll go over one more. So an article published in the Journal of Diabetes, oh, I just went over that one. Um, let's see. Okay, this article, was published in 2016 and the American Diabetes Association. Um, and it's also entitled Sleep Apnea and Type 2 Diabetes. And they discuss that obstructive sleep apnea um, also it discusses that they alter glucose metabolism, promotes insulin resistance, and is associated with the development of type 2 diabetes. And they summarize by saying obstructive sleep apnea via sympathetic activation, oxidative stress, inflammation, and neuroendo neuroendocrine dysregulation alters glucose homeostasis, um, including in patients with type 2 diabetes, right? So those are just three quick articles that you guys can reference um, and go and print out and maybe share with your treating provider and see what their thoughts are. And 
yeah, that I mean, that's pretty much it. There's a lot of other stuff out there. Now you have to look at all the other risk factors, right? Like you have to look at obesity. Was the obesity caused by um, a service-connected disability, right? So we have to weigh all the good with the bad. Like you can't just say obstructive sleep apnea caused this, right? It may be a risk factor and may be leading to this, but if you have a bajillion other risk factors that outweigh that risk factor, it would be <coughs> it would be hard um, to explain why just this one independent thing is more likely than the other things, right? So we have to look at that at least as likely as not standard. Um, additionally, are some of those other risk factors related to service? And can you combine those and add all of that information in possibly, right? Um, are you having very poorly treated obstructive sleep apnea and you have daytime hypersomnolence and you're just tired all the time and you have very low motivation, um, you're not exercising like you used to. Also, if you have untreated or poorly managed sleep apnea, it can decrease your testosterone. Um, that's something that I tell a lot of um, veterans and you know when i was practicing clinically more i would tell my patients because a lot of people don't want to be compliant with their cpap machine right because nobody wants to wear it but when you tell someone that their testosterone is going to drop because of poorly controlled sleep apnea that really catches some attention so but if your testosterone is low that can cause you to be tired all of these things can happen because of your obstructive sleep apnea which can lead to depression um you know not working out all of these kind of other things and maybe um, to obesity. So we got to think about that as well. So I hope this was helpful. Um, please drop some comments if you have any questions about the re relationship between obstructive sleep apnea and diabetes, type 2 diabetes. I hope um, you guys can go research those articles and they may help you. And um, that's about it. So thanks a lot. Talk to you guys soon.